The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to empower, inspire, and educate you to fulfill a healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I know we are. I'm so excited to have this guest on. Uh, his name is Jacob Cooper. He's passionate about promoting healing. Jacob L. Cooper is a best-selling author of of Life After Breath and The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder. And he is a sought-after speaker on grief, wisdom, and consciousness. He has a beautiful story that uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you today, offering meditation, mindfulness seminars to help other people find their purpose, overcome their fear of life after death. And he's a clinical social worker, a Reiki master, certified uh, hypnotherapist, and he specializes in past life regression, which I love to talk to him about. And he uses his extensive personal professional experiences to empower one soul at a time. And he hosts his show. It's a weekly podcast called The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder. Welcome to the show, Jacob. So glad you're here. Thank you, Lori. I really appreciate it. It's a big honor to be on your program. I'm so excited to have you. Heard a lot about you from our dear friend, Carla. She uh, was raving about you, and I was like, I must have him on my show. So, um, And so here you are. So let's share for those listeners who don't know a lot about you, Jacob, your story of your near death. Oh, sure. I had my near-death experience when I was just a toddler at three years old. I, at the time, had pertussis, otherwise known as to many, whipping cough. Sure. You know, I went to a playground, climbed up you know, up onto a ladder, going onto a slide, completely suffocated, you know, every part of my physical body and my brain just was totally depleted. There was no life force to hold on to. It's just imagine just being drowning and wanting to grab onto a log or something like that. And there's nothing to grab onto. And so I was just kind of like descending into this demise of suffocation and deprivation of life force. And then just through the power of surrender, you know, surrendering to the breath of eternity that I call it, you know, letting go of my human breath that was deprived and surrendering to this breath of eternity is when you know, I had this full crossover, you know, full-blown near-death experience, um, you know, that really included a lot of the classic references that my friend, Dr. Raymond Moody, you know, really highlights in his book, Life After Life, who coined the term near-death experience. Uh, but for myself, I had a full-blown experience of the other side. And I hear some people calling it heaven, some people calling it the other side. It's like, you know, saying is England the UK? Is it England? Is it, you know, something? So it's yeah. all different words and verbiage to describe the same exact place, depending on what your religious background may be or just orientation. But yeah, it was, it was certainly a profound experience that, um, you know, is here with me every day of my life. It mystifies me. At three years old, you have full recollection of this, yes? Absolutely. Full-blown recollection of it. Uh, 30 years thirty years later, you know, happened 30 years ago, 33 now. So, <sighs> yeah. 
Wow, that is amazing. So there was definitely purpose behind the experience. And you were saying that you were like grasping for something. Try to equate something to help us understand that feeling, what you were grasping for, and then how it felt when you finally surrendered and and just eased into it. Because I speak to my coaching clients about surrendering and just going with the navigation of life. And, And that's a entirely different feeling, I believe, than what you're talking about in a fact that you knew it was a life force. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you think about it, George Lucas, who was one of, I believe, the director of Star Wars, was believed to have a near-death experience. And that's where he got the term the force from, you know, and we, and it's funny you mentioned the life force, but really the force, you know, within is what Lucas experienced in his NDA. I think he was a teen when he had this, but for myself, um, for, for viewers, just unless you're on a ventilator, you can't really you know, be in this world without being able to breathe and in this body, at least. So imagine all of that that makes us physical in this world, unless you're hooked up to a machine, just being yanked from you. And so you're just, I was just kind of like in this weird place or it wasn't like, you know, in this body, but I wasn't fully crossed over. I was just in this incubation period in between. And so, but I, but I felt incredibly powerless, you know, imagine you're, in the basement of a house and there's a power breaker being shut off one unit at a time. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just the way things are. There was a part of me that was just holding on to my body, holding on to dear life. You know, it's like you look at an ant, for example, like you try to spray it, it's going to try to save its life, do everything it can to hold on to dear life. And for many of for most of us, we're the same way. We hold on to dear life until we can. Um, Unless, of course, there's other underlying you know, conditions and stuff like that that allows you to just kind of surrender or to will it to existence. But for myself, that was happening. And then, yeah, just I saw my body wasn't working. So instead of being inside of my body, I just was able to go outside of it. And, you know, imagine like you're in a car, the car's not working. You try to gun the engine, it's not working. So you're not just going to hang out in the driver's seat. You're going to pop the you know, engine, you're going to pop the hood, check the engine, see what's going on. So for myself, that happened. And then I saw the body wasn't working. I was able to just feel myself surrendering to what this, what was going on. Last thing that I felt was my brain. And I was able to understand and see all parts of my brain, which I later came to understand through near-death experience research is just the filter of who we are. It's not the producer, it just filters us between the two worlds. But in really going into my own brain, I was able to understand that this notion, but I felt my brain literally snap in half and crack in half due to this tremendous deprivation of oxygen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a euphemism that says, you know, my brain cracked open and that's when God came in. I mean, that that literally happened to me where my brain literally cracked in half. And that's when the spirit realm and God, you know, came in full floor, full, full force in my awareness. And, and- you know, what What was brought to your attention? What was it that, that uh, what messaging did you receive? Because clearly you went there for a message to bring back and execute a purpose. So help us understand, like, what were you told? Because I've spoken to people who have had near-death right. visions before, and it was very clear what they were supposed to learn. There's a lot. I mean, I know in the Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder, my second book is really filled with, like, you think of a ladder, you know, you think of different rungs on it. And so there's a lot of symbology and allegory to my NDE. The fact that I was a child playing in a playground, having my near-death experience on a ladder of all things. My name being Jacob, I mean, you just 
God has a sense of humor and just, you know, you just can't make this stuff up. But I think, I think for myself, there's so many takeaways, but I think the one thing obviously is I'm here to really remind viewers that, you know, death is a human thing, but you cannot bury, you could bury a body, but you can never bury a soul. A soul at times could feel buried in this life, but it goes on beyond this life. And I think reminding people that we just don't die. And I'm, I and thousands of others are near-death experiencers are living proof of that. We're just kind of like this rubber band where we stretch this rubber band past this reality and we extend it, then we come back with information. But I, I think that's that's one thing. And I think the other thing is we are much more than the box that we see ourselves in reality as. And you know, everything is based off of the box of reality. You know, I often give an analogy that if years ago, we thought that earth was flat and that was the box of reality. And then from challenging that box and exploring, we're able to see that the world is is round and, and not flat. And so, I think with people who explore or dare to explore how they see the premise of the nature of reality, they're able to come and continuously expand that box and to not have it be a finite box, but an infinite box of exploration where each day you could have a greater understanding of that uh, under, uh, of that of that reality, but um, yeah, yeah, uh, we can allow ourselves to be put in a box. You know, sometimes we get can't. pigeonholed, right? And then you, if you want, you can spread your wings to stay in that motif and and go beyond what the limitations that we put on ourselves. I, I always say our success codes are already inside. We just have to look inside and allow that greatness to come out. And that's where uniqueness. Y-O-U uniqueness comes into play because we all are here to learn something and to serve others. And the serving of others is our purpose, right? Whatever that servitude is, it is, it is, uh, it is our purpose to be able to help other people achieve what they're supposed to achieve while they're here. Does that go coincide with what your learning was when you went to the other side? Absolutely. I mean, I think of life almost kind of like a, an eternal building. And every level is a different vantage point of awareness. But as you're coming higher and higher, coming more and more connected to the infinite source of all of life. And when I connect it to God, to me, God is the ultimate source and giver of life. And having an NDE, I saw that my life physically was taken from me temporarily. And I remembered the restoration in this life and beyond and how God continuously restores life. Um, now, the key is, is to find ways to do that you know, while we're here in the physical, and cer certainly that's influenced my work, um, you know, in giving back what I was given. And so when obviously people feel out of sorts or out of their own emotional breath or out of the life force, so to speak, we try to find people to really tap into their inner power and surrender to that and understand, you know, the challenges or whatever we were faced with, you know, on the other side of it is meant to have a lot of growth and evolution. We just have to ride it out, ride the wave, as we, as we say in therapy, and go through the process. Yeah, well, the process is important. I wouldn't be where I am today had I not had the good, bad, and the ugly happen to me, right? Yeah. So, I am who I am today because of all the life experiences that I've had. And um, some were fun and some so much. So, so um, I, and everybody has that opportunity to go through life and learn, or you could stay what I refer to as stuck and you're not really right. learning, you're not really growing. You're not, you're just kind of in a holding pattern in that ha hamster wheel, so to speak, and you can't get out and you can't get out. And um, life will always get you out if you have the will to do it. You just, you just have to look for those openings and, uh, and you did. So you come back, um, you're three years old and now you're just powerful 
Um, you have all these these uh, gifts that you are aware of, cognitive of, yes? Certainly aware of. Um, but when it's funny, I, I, I often find that when there's a gift, there's a double-edged sword to it. And certainly my NDE was not immunized by that. I mean, certainly for out a lot of my childhood, it, it felt anything but a gift. Um, because, you know, when you have a near-death experience, all of a sudden you have to reevaluate everything of your life. Now, imagine doing that at the age of three years old, not really having the range of vocabulary to express what happened to you, but knowing on some level, on an inner level, what happened. You know, so the suffocation lasted for almost two decades until I was able to really own what I had and more importantly, have it leave my body and give it over to others. As I don't think anything that we're going through is meant for us to hold on to, but rather to be a ripple effect to uh, those that we encounter. And so I understood what happened to me was something that I walked into, but what I came out of it was everything in my control. And so the rest of my life, every day of my life is thinking, okay, I walked into this. What could I continually walk out of it with and how could I generate it to the world? So that's yeah. really... Very intentional, very intentional when you walk down the street, right? Very intentional at what you're doing because you know um, the impact that you're making. Do you think that you, um, it's just like all these questions are popping up in my head. Do you think that you um, really enjoy like every morsel and minute of the life of your life because of what you went through and, and, if so, did it happen after your 20-year breakthrough? Because it's very typical. Statistically speaking, we get our blocks between age two and 12. Those were all, all our blocks are, you know, not, there's none that are intentionally done. It's just the journey that we're supposed to be taking. Right. So universe, God, source, however you refer to your higher power, has you go down those routes. Now we can take the long route or the short route. I had used to have a propensity to take the long route. Sounds like you did for about 20 years. And then you had an aha moment. What was that pivotal moment that made you have that aha moment? Well, it's hard to like pinpoint at like one particular thing, but I, but I think a couple things added up. Um, you know, like I said, it, whether that's losing a loved one or going through a dark time, I think they're all to me one and the same, just kind of shake up periods of your life where either you could stay stagnant or you could really evolve and progress through what you're going through and see it through a whole new angle. But I, th I think for myself, I, I was um, very defiant. I grew up in a very religious, not very, but, but like a religious background. And so I was always kind of butting heads with this outer God versus this God that I knew. And so I wasn't like verbalizing the reason for it, but I was just continuously defiant of this. But you know, I it was very challenging for me to kind of accept the way that the world was and knowing that it was just a lot of nonsense at the end of the day. And it was a lot of human structures that really, in the grand scheme of things, uh, were about what Carl Jung refers to as the morning of life, where you're just given this uh, prescription from society on doing all these things. And you come to a certain point where you're like, this isn't working. And then you get into another phase of your life where you focus on more wisdom and seeing things differently and being able to think uh, and reevaluate your life. Uh, but I think the biggest thing I could think of was when I was asked to you know, leave my house for a couple of days after getting into like, you know, a verbal and kind of like a verbal altercation with my family. And they're probably justified at the time what they asked. But it was a big trigger point because I thought like, geez, like no home, not having a home. And so I walked around the corner of my house and I just found myself once again in the playground. And I 
was just sobbing, remembering myself how the playground was once again coming to my face 20 years later with that same message, how we are all eternal beings and children here in God's playground. And, you know, that's the real home. And you're feeling displaced or when life feels like you're disenfranchised from it, just know it is temporary. We all have a home at the end of the day, even if we don't feel like it. And staying connected to that, we don't have to hold our breath until we die to get to that point. We just have to remember who we are, where we come from, and how much more expansive we are. And then a couple of days later, I was in a yoga class and a woman just randomly came up to me and said, you know, you have a lot of people that you're going to be speaking in front of one day. You're going to be very famous and well-known. I had no idea who this person was. And she just like described what I saw in my NDE and like a lot of my life review and the premonitions that I had. And so it was just a lot of validations where a lot of these things are just happening to me. Like I think reminders from the spirit realm sent here in the physical, just to remind myself who I was and, you know, the inner power. So I think that was like a tipping point to remind myself like, wow, you know, this, this is real. This wasn't just something that I saw. There was a lot of evidence to validate what I saw that just yeah. allowed me to own it. Yeah, and and it, there it wasn't a coincidence that that woman came off to you. It was obviously a message that you needed to hear, and um, and it, that they validated everything yeah. that you were you were going you had been through, and it, the timing was impeccable. So there's no coincidence to that. I've I've had people come up to me and say things, and just like le- I turn around to go talk to them, they're gone. Their whole right, purpose right. was to deliver that message to me, and you're just like, okay, that's when you really. Yeah. really I mean, start to this day, I. Try- a researcher i try to like talk to all the people at the seminar like at first she kind of like annoyed me it was like this kind of like purpled haired earring person and just kind of like this biker it's not something that you view as like an eckhart tolle or whatever it's just like i don't know just kind of seemed like sporty and she came up to me like who is this person she kept on going off on like not just that but like all kinds of things that are just like no one else would know and i was just like you know damn you know i was like yeah, she got me, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, but I think that was real as a real messenger from the spirit realm in many ways. So, yeah, that's yeah. inspiring. I I know that um that happened to me. I was I was at a meeting. I was in my early 20s um and uh, I I was a singer. I still am a singer, but at the time I had stopped singing uh for a number of years because of something that transpired and I I took my voice away. And um, and she sat next to me with purpose, like plops herself down next to me. And she goes, why are you taking your voice away? And I'm like, who are you? Right, like, why right, are you right. even talking to me right now? Yeah. You know? And um, and I was like, I'm not taking my voice away. And she goes, think about it. And she got up and left. Like, what was right. that? And then when I did think about it, I had taken my own voice away because of something that someone else did and said. Mm-hmm. And I, um, that particular day, I said I would never take my voice away again. Um, I would be the advocate for people who don't speak for themselves. And, um, and I'll stand in a, an arena and take the hits if it allows one or two people in, in the arena to be able to have a voice and to be able to be heard. So being heard and seen is very, very valuable. But she came out of nowhere and she disappeared into nowhere. And like you, I was like, who was that? And they were like, who are you talking about? (laughs) And I'm like, that lady, you know, with the gold shirt on. And they're like, didn't see any lady with the gold shirt. I'm like, okay, I'm losing my mind. So no worries. But it was very germane and very appropriate. And and that was, you know, reason, season, lifetime. I'm sure you've heard that statement before. So I, I love that you do this. And how do you how do you help people um and how can they reach out to you jacob yeah i mean i i think my my biggest job is to kind of be like that annoying lady to me 
you know, and just personify that, you know, aspiring to be like her, which is to remind everyone of their greatness, to be that gentle tap on their shoulder. I know you alluded it to before, but like genius isn't something that you become. I think genius is something that we all are as we come from the ultimate genius and God. And I think that good old Michelangelo quote where he was asked, you know, how do you create your artwork or your masterpiece? And you just said, just chip away at the masterpiece that's always been there, that's always there. You know, and Michelangelo, I think, referred to himself as a sculpture. And so I, I guess that's the work that I do with my clients for clients just to chip away at that piece and to reduce all those things that are getting in the way, you know. Um, so whether it be external, internal, but it's all connecting. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful and lovely. Oh, my gosh. You were listening to Jake Cooper and Healthy Lifestyle with Lori Ann. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come right back. Welcome back to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. And if you would like to be a guest or lift up your business product or non-for-profit, or if you have a question or comment, please email us at healthylifestylewithla at gmail.com. That's healthylifestylewithla at gmail.com. Yes, LA stands for Lorianne, in case anybody was wondering. Um, I've gotten multiple questions about that, so I figured I'd just explain that. We are here, and I want to welcome back Jacob Cooper. Uh, we're here with Jacob. Uh, Jacob, I love your story, um, your your Life After Breath book, The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder. I want to talk about uh, the, the Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder podcast that you do. But before we get there, let's talk about past life regression. How do you do it? Um, can people come to you, get a reading like that? Um, and, and what are the benefits of getting a past life regression session done? I think the first start part of it is I was drawn to reincarnation and past life regression by having past life memories in my NDE, which I really highlight in both of my books. Uh, but subsequently, I would have all these images and visualizations that happened to me in my NDE and post NDE. And it would be like one thing if I was like, all right, you know, these are like cool things. But then I was able to have a lot of evidence behind them that, that other intuitives picked up without me getting public at all, you know, when I was younger. So I think the evidential piece of it really affirmed to myself that this is real. This is something. Past life regression therapy, I, you know, as a therapist, I look at it in, in a way similar to psychoanalytic work where, you know, instead of working on solution-focused therapy or here now or something that happened close to what you're going through, you're going to really this, you know, the roots of the origin of the pathology or the roots of what you're going through and going, you know, way back. And so it really has to do with the subconscious mind, which you think of it like a database that has memories in it, but that database has memories that transcend this particular lifetime. As once you understand you're a soul, you understand that there's many different journeys of the soul, that this isn't all that there is, this particular life, and there's many other, you know, journeys. It's you know, kind of like an ocean, there's a wave on the ocean, hits the shoreline, and then it comes back to the ocean. And the journey of the soul is like that too. We come back to the shore, come back to the ocean, and there's many different intentions and purposes. It's not just a random wave that comes onto the shore. It's all intentional. Uh, and so past life regression, I really work with my clients through a form of hypnosis. You know, I'm traditionally trained in, um, you know, hip hypnotherapy. And so past life regression is just another form of hypnosis that really helps people to get back to not only earlier moments in their life, 
either that go on from you know childhood to infancy to even the birthing phase. But it's again, it's able to expand that to go beyond this lifetime into some of the pre-birth memories or the life between life memories that people have when they cross over on the other side, as well as remembering you know other lifetimes beyond uh, this particular lifetime. So really, what we do is just. Um, empower clients. Again, hypnosis is not mind control. It's mind empowering. Mm -hmm. It allows our clients to really get into the subconscious mind and really have the ability to go back, you know, deeper, you know, into other lifetimes. And so the benefits are extraordinary. Um, you know, I, I think of the, the grandfather of past life regression and Dr. Brian Weiss, who was a traditional, you know, uh, Yale trained psychiatrist, and he was doing traditional hypnosis. And one of his clients, he was just you know, reaching them back to earlier memories of their lifetime. And then in that session, they were able to go into other lifetimes. And Brian Weiss is kind of like this left brain kind of guy. He didn't know what to make of it. And he was like picking up on, I think like a kid that might've been a miscarriage in his life and other things around Brian that no way he could have known. And so that got, that blew Brian's mind. And now he really, you know, has been really doing this and wrote the book, Many Lives, Many Masters, and subsequently dozens of others books on the subject material. But it is real, it is valid. And I think it could help people from areas of health, uh, social relationships, family dynamics. And it's not just pathologized, it could also open one's intuitive gifts potentially, as well as understanding life purpose. You know, I have a couple of colleagues of mine who have done regression therapy, and they're now working as professional mediums and intuitive since, you know, that point. So, it really could open up one's gifts and their connectivity to the higher dimensions, uh, yeah. undoubtedly. Now, do you have to have a sense of belief to it, or do, can anybody do the hypnotherapy? I think it's more open. I mean, I, I think whatever you resist persists. If you could say I'm I'm not hypnotizable, then sure, you know, you're gonna resist it and not being able to let go. Yeah. I look at hypnosis as in in a way you're dealing with the brain and you're getting into those deeper brainwave states. So to get into those ideal hypnosis states, it's a really deeper, more relaxed part of the brain. We all experience hypnosis, like when you're daydreaming, again, that's a lighter form of hypnosis, driving in the car, highway hypnosis, another form. So we all have had you know, hypnosis in our life. And I think it's really about going to those deeper layers of, of hypnosis, but more importantly, your ability to be open and receptive to suggestibility. I think yeah. that's- I kind of look at it like um, guided meditation. You know, it's it's you're being guided to go back where you need to go to find the answers because it everything starts with awareness, right? So if right. we're aware of what's happened in past lives, we understand ourselves better. If we understand our, ourselves better, we're kinder and gentler. And it's like, oh, okay, I know why I do that. Oh, okay, I know. You know, I have a an interesting. Um, uh, background. So one part of my family, um, because my name is Diulio, it's of July. It, I'm a descendant of Julius Caesar. It's actually part of the family crest. It's part wow. of the Ju of Caesar crest. Um, hence why um, one of the presidents after that in Italy threw my whole family out and took our land because they were worried that the res the the um, descendants of Julius Caesar were going to come over and, and overthrow him. So it was, it's a very interesting side on that side. And on the other side, I have a Native American princess as my great grandmother. She's an Iroquois princess. So I have, you know, princess on one side, tyrant on another. It's awesome. You know, explains a whole lot of stuff for me. <laughs> It's like the but Dr. No, Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind yeah, of thing, or the Gemini kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you certainly come from a lot of power and a lot of prestige and success, but um, 
it's funny because when people come to my office for past life regressions, they all, they all want to be Cleopatra or something you know, prestigious. And you understand on the other side, you know, we look at prominence and success in a much different way. It's not like so much about power over, but power with, with. and the ability to unite others, not have power over. Yes. And so it's about evolution, not necessarily, you know, about these kind of like principles that we've inherited to be of value in this life. Yeah, well, and and we need a definition of that. There should there's a different definition of success, and there's a different right. definition of wealth. I don't look at wealth as dollar associated entirely. It is wealth of family, wealth of of being a good human, wealth of giving right. back and contributing to community. So that to me is a really beautiful, successful, wealthy life. Um, so so, and I'm sure that you know you're a proponent of that. Now, everybody listening can get your life after breath and the wisdom of Jacob's Ladder books at Amazon. Yes. Yeah, they both both on Amazon, both with you know publishers out in California, and they've been endorsed by you know New York Times bestselling authors, you know Dr. Raymond Moody, Anita Morjani, Allison Dubois, who inspired uh, the hit show uh, Medium. So yeah, I mean they they could purchase it and. Obviously, around the holiday time, I think it's a perfect gift, you know, because I certainly know that belief works well with grief at times. Um, and so I think for people that are experiencing a lot of hiding grief and to have something maybe to hold on to or to work with this holiday season to help people move through it uh, through, you know, higher inspiration and connectivity to higher realms, I think will be helpful for others. Yeah, and what a great transition into 2024 because then you can set your goals and vision when you really have a, an, an understanding of that each one of us is here with complete purpose. It's not for naught. Right. We are all valuable and our society needs to look at every life, every human as being valuable that we have to have a con. Um, uh, that we contribute back to the world kind of, kind of goes back to that movie. What is it? A wonderful life? You know, it's that big, it's a big Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because it reminds us that, you know, if we change one element, one person in our life, everything changes, but for this person doing this one little thing, but for that woman, that purple haired woman sitting down with you, <laughs> you know, that yeah. transition may not have happened then it, it would have happened eventually, but it may not have happened at that moment. And she probably would have come back in a lot of different forms until you finally got the message. I know, you know, and we've spoken about this on the show, I got little whispers and nudges from my angels and guides, and I totally ignored them. I was like, uh-huh, and I just totally ignored them. Then I got a couple of punches in the arm, a couple of punches in the face, still ignoring them, and they were like, all right, we're going to have to do this the hard way, and kind of ran a truck over right. me, um, not literally, figur figuratively, and that's when I got the message, but everything, it was like explosive. But once I did, that transformation was very rapid and and the experiences in my life just like circulated around and it comes down to choices too right we can choose to make something good out of it or we can choose to sit in the land of i'm not happy so um i don't no. think either one of us sit in that land i think we sit in the forward motion land that that positive uh of world, right? So, so now you're not only a hypnotherapist, but you're also a Reiki master. So, do you do energy work at the same time that you do hypnosis? Do you do a combination? Yeah, I mean, with the particular clients that come to my office, you know, we do do a lot of that. You know, sometimes I separate, sometimes I connect them. You know, to me, it's all just different paths of the mountain connecting to a similar degree of awareness. Whether that's Reiki, past life stuff, it's all just different routes, but it just allows someone truly uplift their energy field and their consciousness, 
you know, so Reiki really works with a lot of symbols, you know, explored by Dr. Macau Sui, and we just kind of work with people's, you know, flow and just kind of allowing them to feel more connected um, to their own energetic energetic flow. Um, but yeah, it's Why amazing. Why are we so disconnected from our own energetic flow? What is it in our society that makes us disconnect? And we do so at such a young age and it takes, it's a struggle to get it back. And then once you get it back, it's like, and you feel content within yourself. That's the disconnect that we're talking right. about. There's this unsettled feeling, right? I, there's a, there's a plethora, I think, of contributing factors, but I think belief has such a pivotal role in behavior mm. when we're told and we think ourselves as as this box you know our behaviors will influence that box and again if that belief is continuously expanding we understand how vast we are and how majestic we are and where we come from we're a lot more selective with our energy and we're a lot more um aware of who we allow into our lives, what we allow into our lives, yes. you know, and understanding. And I think also when we're able to see ourselves as beyond this physical body, we're able to have awareness of the unseen force fields that we allow into our life. You know, for instance, that like you wouldn't go into a dumpster and just throw yourself in there, but people do that with relationships. They do that with information. They do that with, you know, food. So I think it's having the understanding of self-respect and who you really are and following suit with, with that behaviors. So... And the good news is, is beliefs can change because what are beliefs? Thoughts we think over and over again. So we just have to change our thoughts. And it sounds so, so elementary, but it really is that simple. You change your thoughts. You, ch I call it changing my lens. I'm like, change your lens. Just use camera two. Don't go to camera one. Go to camera two. Camera two has a rosy lens on it and looks at everything from a point of joy. Um, no matter what. Uh, situation you're in, be it a crisis or something horrible happening or something beautiful happened, you can right. find the joy within and it's the little moments that reconnect us inside, that reconnect those beautiful things that we're supposed to be here to look at and then help other people focus on that. And you'll see the energy in the room just shift, completely shift, shift to this fun, energetic. I'm sure you've been in a room where one person walks in and just sucks the energy out of the room. Um, it's done with the shifts. It's done with shifting. So you need to fight, fight that, fight back with being positive and shifting that energy back to a higher vibration. You, you do vibrational work as well. Well, with Reiki, Reiki, you do. A lot. Well, I think the, the vibrational shifts that we have is more so my work in the mental health field, you know, and I just, use the movie inside out a lot as like you know an understanding particularly yes. kids and just how some people walk around just seeing themselves as angry or anxiety or depression and that's how they will see themselves instead of saying that look you know i may experience this emotion this emotion may be potentially more dominant in my life but there's a whole other part of myself beyond my emotional energy and the emotional energy does not me it is just you know it's something temporary it is energy and motion and I think it allows people to really allow themselves to understand that they're not the thought, but they're the thought behind the thought, you know, so they're not the emotion, they're the emotion behind the emotion and the observer of life. So, yeah. you and know, you can shift that at any moment if you so choose, you could be in a really bad mood and you could choose a different mood. Right. Yeah, no, it's 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 just funny though how people just carry around saying I'm I'm overweight and so the behaviors will follow that. I'm angry. I'll allow toxicity in my life instead of saying I may experience anger, but I'm not an angry person at my core. You know, right. it's not, I didn't come to this earth, you know, unless I'm a dark entity, which I, you know, I don't, again, the whole other can of worms, but most of us, 
you know, our kids you know, are, are laughing or smiling and you can look at pictures of ourselves and there's a vibrancy in our eyes and somewhere down the road for a lot of people, they lose that vibrancy in their eyes, something happened. And so it's really getting back to who we are before we came here and continuously becoming a grander expression of that force. Beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah, I, I empowering one soul at a time. You definitely do that. Um, JacobLCooper.com. They can reach out to you at that yeah. location. Um, and uh, when you do, um, um, when you talk about near death, because you're a speaker as well. So when you speak about that, who would be really good for you for audiences who would really want to hear about that near near death experience? Um, people reaching out uh, who want to do past life regression. Talk to me, talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I speak through a lot of different organizations, you know, such as Helping Parents Heal for Forever Family Foundation. You know, talk to colleges and you know a lot of different you know work, you know seminars and stuff like that. But you know, I've also done events for addiction and recovery. I've done a, a keynote speech for the Looking Up for Adam Foundation oh, out yeah. here in Long Island, which was great. Uh, the, you know, so I think for for me, it seems like a lot of people who have lost loved ones are going through grief or maybe want, you know, an understanding of what happens, you know, when we go, because I think when we're able to have that, we could, you know, kind of let go of that suffering that we have and just understand that our loved ones are okay to have that validation of that, yeah. you know, and to understand that there's a life after death, but to find life after their death, more importantly, not just know that there's life after death, but to find a life after their death. And so that's what we try to do. But I think anyone curious, anyone open, you know, to this stuff is, is some that I've been speaking to throughout the years. So anyone looking to expand their scope of of life and life after death, I think is key. But a lot of people who are dealing with grief, whether that be parents or siblings or, you know, friends, you know, oftentimes come to, uh, you know, the workshops that I'm involved with. You know. Yeah, it's, it's the why too, like, why did this person, you know, right. we can understand somebody who's 101. Uh, we can't understand somebody who's three. Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's very hard okay. to understand. I think that puts myself in a pivotal position having an NDE at such a young age and yeah. coming back from it, it does speak to a lot of parents that, you know, many times parents will just take possessiveness as, as a kid, if that kid is mine. And yes, we're forever connected to it, but that kid didn't come from you, it came through you. And yeah. that's an infinite spirit. And so I think it's important to have a deeper connection that goes beyond possessiveness, you know, of of the soul. And that's that's understandable. It's it's um, I had a younger sister and she passed. Uh, she was with us for five hours. Uh, she was the fifth child. Five hours died at five fifty five. You do the math on that one. Um, we can come back. Uh, but it's um, there was purpose for her life because I know that the, my mom struggled with that for and I was about 21 months when she wow. she passed. Um, and uh, there was purpose. And and it's funny, my older brother named the only girl that we had, all my siblings had children. We all had boys, except my brother had two boys and a girl. Um, and that girl was named after her. And my second brother became a neonatologist, which is a baby doctor under five pounds. So perhaps she made an impression and perhaps she had did exactly what she was supposed to do. Her purpose was delivered by impacting my brothers are about 10 years older than me um, by impacting my brothers in such a way and impacted me in such a way that it transformed us to be doing exactly what we do today. So it's, it's fascinating how, 
you know, we may know someone for a hundred years or not be impacted at all by that person or meet someone for a minute and that's a lifetime. Yeah. You know, so time over there is much different over here. I don't think it's a matter of the years of our life, but the life within those years or minutes or seconds, whatever that is. Yeah. But I, I know countless clients of mine who have gone to evidential mediums and I don't know if this has happened to you, but they have been able to pick up on, you know, that miscarriage sibling who like they didn't even think about, they didn't even know about, and they go to their parents and say, mom, dad, was there, you know, like a miss, and they'll be able to validate that. And so it just shows you that just because that, you know, what I refer to, what helping parents heal an organization that I'm a part of, it's called that we refer to siblings who have gone on as shining light siblings. Like it's instead of saying my dead sibling, it's just a sibling that's still there, shine their light connected yeah. to us and just how, you know, love never dies and never ends. And they're still connected to us in this, in this journey. Yeah. And Even she walks with me. Them. Yeah. She walks with me every day. So, you know, it's just, I know she's around. I know that energy is around. So, and I believe that deeply. Um, and again, it's helping parents, parents heal is your organization. Well, not, not my organization. That's an organization that I, that I'm a part of it was actually started by a parent who lost their child mm-hmm. climbing, I believe Mount Everest or something like that. And she had the shared death experience that she had and she just knew, you know, her name is Elizabeth Poisson. She just knew that this was her calling in life and what she would do. And she now has this organization that is all over the world. And um, there's going to be an annual third annual conference that I was invited to be a speaker of um, along with like James von Prague, Anita Marjani, stuff like that. And so we have um, that they do a lot of great work there for sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you can reach out for more information. Please visit Jacob at jacoblcooper.com. Last thoughts real quick. I think it's important to be daring to explore you more than you are, more than you think, and continuously expand and evaluate and evolve who you see yourself, the nature of reality. Jacob, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for your insight. You're so inspiring. Um, thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I hope we've earned the privilege of your time. Again, I want to thank our guest today, Jacob Cooper. You're a rock star, by the way. I look for our show next Saturday at 3 p.m. We can be found on all major platforms, and we would be so grateful if you please like, follow, share, and subscribe and tell your friends. Until next time, I am Coach Lorianne. Play a higher role, serve a higher purpose, show up for you, and show up big. Have a great day, everyone. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors.